podcast with a shitty mic. Uh, I'm your host, Perry Lerner, and with me, of course, it is Jesse Duran. Hey guys, KYGY2K podcast. I'm also the producer on this podcast, and the reason it doesn't sound great right now, sorry. Yeah, blame Jesse. Microphone shit the shat? Shit shat the bid bad. Yeah. Uh, How are you doing? I don't know about you, but I'm super tired from the uh, fun catalytic converter uh, oh yesterday. yeah, the great catalytic converter theft of uh, early 2023. Yes, our poor next door neighbor's catalytic converter got stolen on our block. Um, Directly behind my car, which, yeah. which I had trouble with earlier in the day. Yeah, um, it was crazy. Like, you were sleeping downstairs. Uh-huh. I was upstairs. We're not having marital issues. Well, uh, we are having marital issues. My snoring. Yeah. Um, yeah, between the snoring and the baby crying, like, I, something's gotta give, and yeah. sorry, you're the... On this particular night, it was the job of my back to be the martyr to the entire family. Yeah. So, we both woke up, I look outside, and, like, the sound was crazy. It was alien. Like, I literally, you know how, you know how you, <laughs> you, you know how you wake up suddenly sometimes, and, like, you believe in magic for like 30 seconds. <laughs> no. I, I, I had that. Well, no, sometimes you're just like in like a weird headspace. Yeah, you're like in a, dream world. like a fugue state almost. Yeah, I literally, yeah. I was opening our curtains being like, I'm I'm going to see aliens outside. Because it was like a... Yeah, and I looked outside and I was like, I cannot believe I'm witnessing this. Because I, don't forget, I got an aerial view. Yeah. So I like definitely had a vi- different vantage point than you. And I was like, is this fucking seriously happening on our block right now? Because, like, it is very atypical for things like that to happen in our neighborhood. Th- that happens in other bad neighborhoods, yeah. not our neighborhood. No, but our neighborhood has a very, like, suburban feel. It feels very technically Philadelphia. Yeah, although um, we, we do have uh, one of the biggest things that makes us uh, potential victims in this is we're very close to highway entrances. Mm. That's always an easy way to get fucked over. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, no. If so, um, I worked at a pizza place before, and again, I was in the suburbs. This shit never happened at all. Uh, somebody just jumped into one of our drivers' cars and just fucking took off with it. And believe me, it's a hundred percent due to the fact that we had two ninety five and seventy six oh, wow. and turnpike and entrances all like right there. I mean, that's the problem. Like people like shit on cities, but I do think like suburbia has a lot of those issues that people don't realize because people are like under like false like safety nets. Right. Like where they're like, no one's gonna how many times have you re- left your car running in the suburbs? A lot. Like keys in, like just, no one's going to come take my car. Yeah, my piece of shit car. What do I, you want? I think the only benefit of suburbs is that, like, there's less, like, crime of opportunity traffic happening. So, like, the likelihood of me leaving my car running in my, my mom's driveway and just someone walking past who doesn't live in the neighborhood uh-huh. is unlikely. I do love, the, the, the suburbs, there is almost, I've talked about this before, I don't know if this is just, a teen or post-pubescent boy thing, but there is a thing where it's almost like you hear about, like, those ancient desert epics in, like, Saudi Arabia where, like, 
you come across somebody else in the desert and your first thought is like, oh, we might have to kill each other. Because it's, oh, yeah. it's that, if you're walking through the woods and see another person, like, it's just so rare to see anybody yeah. else on foot. That's another thing with, like, post-apocalyptic shit, too. Yes, yes. You're like, do, are you helpful in my scenario, or do I just need to kill you I, I'm just a 17-year-old on a walk, and then suddenly I see somebody else walking the railroad tracks. It's like, perhaps he has good and supplies that will get me through another week of this hellscape. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, that was crazy. It happened, I got, like, 30 seconds before, and I, like, had briefly debated calling 911, and I was like, Kind of like, what's the point? They're going to be gone before I'm even uh-huh. off the phone with the operator. Again, fugue state. You know what my concern was in this moment? I was still only in my underpants. I was like, well, I can't just step outside of my underwear, can I? Like, no, wait, I should. And then by the time I did, they were already, like... I, gone. They, they, they might have seen me come out just for the fact that they ran the uh, stop sign. If I'd woke up five seconds earlier, I would have had enough brain power to have read the uh, license plate. Yeah, that was my problem. Like, I was like, I should have fucking taken a picture. Although, through screens... You wouldn't have gotten it. Pictures are hard. Yeah. And And not to mention, the other thing is that uh, we... So, we do have a neighbor who has a camera who went back and consulted it and pretty much told... Because, again, everybody's waking up to this. We don't know how long it's been going on. Apparently, Apparently 90 seconds. The entire extraction was 90 seconds. Well, it's funny because I was talking to our neighbor across the street. I, like, had texted her... And she was like, oh, yeah, my friend in Fishtown has been through several catalytic converters. Um, It takes under a minute. I'm like, well, these guys weren't super well seasoned because it took them all of 90 seconds. But, yeah, it happened so quick. It was loud as fuck. They had their trunk open. Like, they were ready to, like, gun it and go. And so I text my neighbor next door because it was hers that got stolen. And I was like, I think everyone, not everyone, but, like, the people who were up woke up from this. And I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure your cat got, just got stolen. And she was like, mine? And I was like, yeah. And I felt so terrible. So I'm texting her. Keep in mind, at this time, I have no idea. Again, my car is right in front of hers. I have no idea if mine got snagged as well. I Nor did you realize it was her car at first. Exactly. Well, I, I know there are two people on the block with a red car, and I didn't know which was which. Both of which are our friends. Yes. And I knew right away when I saw it happening, I was like, fuck, that's Emily's car. So, like, the two of us are texting. You're texting Jeff, the guy with the camera. Uh-huh. And we're all... Eventually, the, the cops did come. And Emily said it was actually one of the most pleasant experiences she's ever had with cops. Mm-hmm. But all of us are, like, outside. And that is one of the things I love about our neighborhood is, like, a bunch of... Whenever shit goes down, which happens more frequently than you would think. You know, I was, Everyone's I, outside. I literally just said at the happy hour thing the other week, like I felt like we haven't had drama in a bit. And here it is. Yeah, and I'm like you're not supposed to have drama frequently on your block. Like right. th- that's not shouldn't be something you want. No. It's also that I, I don't know. It's just it you remember there was stuff that happened in quick succession. There's there's fires, there's the guy who pulled over and wanted to fight me cuz I told him don't drive like a fucking idiot. The dude who hit two cars. Yeah, the hit and run. Well, the... Not just the hit and run. Wait, it wasn't just a hit and run. It was a purposeful, yes. I'm mad you're stopped hit and run. And you know what every single one of these incidences had in common? What? Jesse, don't get involved. Jesse, don't get involved. Dude, I... People have guns. And you seem to not... 
either think that or believe it. I don't know what your deal is. But people fucking pull guns for less. I could dodge a bullet. Okay. No, like, honestly, people pull guns for less. And if they think you're going to talk and they have a gun, they will shoot you. I'm fast. That is not how that works. And no, you're not. Like a tiger. You are not fast. Downhill I am. I'm sorry. Where are you running on our porch? That's what I know. Uh, I'm off the porch. I'm off the porch and I'm... You weren't off the porch the other day. I was in a fugue state, remember. That one took a bit. I hadn't even decided. So, oh, in a fugue state... But also, but, but also, but also, but also, there's a difference between, like, fucking flipping over the desk and going out there with nunchucks versus going out on the deck and being like, hey, the fuck you doing? And scaring them off. I don't think their first judgment is going to be, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm a junkie. Let me put down my non-vibrating hands with my my saw, my stepdad's stolen for, sawzall, grab a gun, and shoot you. This is what I mean, is that, like, you're making so many assumptions about the people. You're assuming everybody has a gun. That's how you should think. No. You should think anyone. That's a coward's way of thinking. No, it's not. It's just handle situations. Yes, let's, just, let's just roll over no. and present our buttholes to, it's the, just, to the criminals. That's not of the what world. it is. Just handle situations differently than putting yourself in a potentially um, dangerous to your person situation. Every, which everything could be dangerous well, to your person. Well, no, because you also discussed that the better thing would have been, to, and now we know, to set off your car alarm, and that doesn't involve any danger. And it, cre- it scares them. Yeah. Probably more than some dude yelling on the porch. No, dude yelling on the porch, then they, they know they have to fucking bolt. Even, but like, even first thing you can yell is like, call the cops, you know. In which case they know they could like, oh, well, let me finish what I'm doing then and run away. All right. I mean, sure. There's... There has to be an a- there has to be an answer better than let's just let's just let ourselves be fucking victimized. No, it shouldn't be that, but it shouldn't also be let's put our bodies in danger either. We're not always putting our bodies in danger. You, There's a, but you don't you can, know if you are or not. That's my point. You Look, you don't have to get... All the, not every confrontation is getting right up to the edge of danger. Right, but like you don't know till you're there. Right? You don't know either. You have to go. No, you don't know. So you operate on what could be the most dangerous outcome in this. This is where... You have a child. I swear, I wish, I wish I had the the lack of forethought of my father. I felt like such a pussy growing up because my dad was always straight up like, what do you mean you didn't just go in there and break his fucking nose? Why? Because that generation... All, pl- they all played in playpens made of lead fucking paint, and they had no frontal lobe fucking distinguishing that held them back. Instead, they just went out there and fucking fought. Also, let's be honest, your dad drank. He drank. He drank too, but he was plenty violent. Even but he was getting that. into bar fights. Yeah, but like I said, he was plenty scrappy before that. Okay, well that's the world you grew up in. I did not grow up in the world where people were throwing punches. Mm. So, to, like, assume that's the whole generation is ridiculous. It's, it's not the whole generation. It really just... It, it, even, like, I've run into friends of his who, like, are kind of on the nerdier side. And even then we're like, oh, yeah, no. They were just brawling all the time. And, like, you don't hear that, you know. You don't even hear that, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. I just don't think someone else's catalytic converter is worth potentially getting shot over... You're assuming, like, Jesus Christ. I said potentially. Potentially. 
I could also, hey, I could also walk down the street and some fucking psychopath could fucking mug me or stab me or shoot me at any point. Does that mean I shouldn't go on walks? No, but that's also why I'm like, be careful and I check in on you if you have been out longer than you said you would. Mm. Right? I mean, that's why. A ship in port is safe. That's not what ships were built for. That, what? I, I'm not saying don't Take go risks. on walk. Yes, there's some risks that I find unnecessary. See, you know who else has these thoughts? And I'm sure it was one of the last thoughts they had. Like, oh, there's a pr- <laughs> there's somebody breaking into my house. What? They just want to steal things? Is, is and They're just going to tie me up while they do that? Sure, I'll go along with that, Mr. BTK Killer. Hey, what are you doing to my family? You said that you were only going to steal things. Well, isn't this a fine how do you All do? All right, that's a little different. That's a little different. And again, we've had this discussion of like, my anxieties are rational, yours are not, and yet I am way nicer about to you about your fears than you are to me. You, you just dismiss me. All you do is dismiss me. You're getting a little heavy for a podcast. Am I right though? Well, you're starting it. I mean, it, it, you're, you are putting limitations on my behavior. My anxiety doesn't exactly involve you stopping doing things. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, that you want to be the hero all the time. It's not a matter of being the hero. It's a matter of doing something. It's a matter of having agency. And again, life. as we discussed, if we, next time it, we, will run, if, we will put the car if, alarm on. Even if, if I had run outside and yelled something and they had ran off and Emily's catalytic converter was still so fucked it needed to be replaced, wouldn't it have felt a little less violating knowing we had any agency? I don't think going out on a deck and yelling it's and, you know scooting fucking people off i don't think that is quite now if i went out there fucking guns a blazing or uh, obviously i don't have a gun but even if i went out there what you want my point is if i went out there with anything like that's not enough again these people are stealing catalytic converters if they had fucking guns they would be selling them because they're worth a lot more than catalytic converters all of this is to say i didn't even say anything in this scenario because you had already done what you did before I got downstairs. Oh, well, you still told me, like, don't get involved. No, I didn't say don't get involved. I said be careful when you go out and yell at people. Mm. I think that's fair. We live in a city with a lot of gun violence right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, not for nothing. Philly is a little on fire right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's all. Meanwhile, Jeff ran out in a t-shirt. I was in my underpants. You were in your underpants when that happened? I was in my underpants initially, yeah. Oh, because I saw you put jeans on. Well, yeah, no. When Emily first came out, I was just like, I, I took a second to make sure my, my, my little dinger wasn't poking out the front. Wait, when did she first come out? Because when I was talking to her, she hadn't been... I, I don't know. I think you had jeans on already. Fugue state. I definitely did. Oh. I definitely didn't because when I first went out and looked under her car, I was still on my boxers. Oh, you looked under her car? Yeah, I was trying to fit. I turns out I don't know where the catalytic converter is. <laughs> After all of this. Yeah. You don't know where it is. You're pretty good with cars. I, I had to look it up. I mean, it's, and they're also in different locations. Like, I think part of the reason my car was uh, probably okay is it's like, it's like a little trickier to get to. It's a little more like dead center under the car. Yeah. Where it looks like Emily's was more like back into the side. Mm. So. Well, as we've discussed, next time around, we will just sound our car alarms. Or fire shot, fire a warning shot. 
a warning shot of a gun we do not have. Yeah. Bring your mallet next time. You would rather me bring <laughs> a, my fucking 10-pound Thor hammer. You know what? Yeah, that's what I should have done. I should have thrown it at him, busted Emily's windshield, and then they would have run off, and then she would come out like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, they were breaking your windshield and trying to steal something. I don't know. I don't know who you pissed off, but uh, <laughs> don't look into this too much. This is, so we, we tried to discuss what the topic was going to be for this episode. It wasn't any of this. No. This is neither gothy nor mommy. It is a little mommy. Because I'm okay. like mama bear protecting my family. By telling me not to protect my family. That wasn't a th- direct threat to your family. Next time. This time it wasn't. And by the way, that is another thing, is that if some fucking, if some fucking underwear sleepy oaf <laughs> runs out on a deck, they're less likely to hit this block again. They'll <laughs> be like, we can't go back there. Fucking Shrek lives there. Yeah, well, clearly people don't have problems doing shit on our block anyway. That's because they know we're a bunch of unarmed. That's not, not true. Nothing, what about that? You said something to that guy. Yeah, and he thought he could fucking take me on. And then he's like, nah. Nor did I say in that instance, don't get involved. I was just like, I hate when he does this. That was it. No, you definitely said don't get involved. No, I didn't. You said, Jesse, don't. I said, like, it, 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 it's fine. And what did I do? I de-escalated the situation. That doesn't always happen. People are crazy. Yeah, and that's when you break their fucking teeth in. That guy was crazy. He, no, he it, crazy would have been if he ran right at me with nothing. He, well, yeah. He he stopped 10 feet away. Not it's because you had backup. Eh. You had guys behind you. I did. Could have helped. You had the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You had all the neighborhood husbands behind you. That was still so hilarious. This guy just like tears ass down the street and I just go like, hey. And he fucking pulls over and he wants to start shit. And the funny thing is, the beginning of his argument was like, I wasn't speeding. And then he proceeds to give a bunch of arguments as to why he was speeding. Like, just, ugh. Just shut the fuck up, dude. Dumbass. It's like 5 p.m., there are kids running. And that was your main issue with that, is like, there are literally kids outside Yeah, it's like, th- th- this wasn't like, a, there are children in this neighborhood. Like, no, they're running around my feet right fucking now, where you and your shitball loser fucking <laughs> GED pickup truck are driving by. Well, suffice going to, all vroom vroom. Suffice to say, we have talked about amping up our security in the house. Yes, so. I uh, I got voted down. I voted for Cheetah, but uh, yeah, apparently there's like licenses and zoning things. There's a whole thing, um, but yeah, no. It, all in all, it feels good to have the neighbors we do in the neighborhood we do, and honestly, honestly, from just reaction, it sounds like this is not the first time this has happened in this neighborhood, which honestly made me feel a little better. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, it's not like this is new. Like, shit happens sometimes. Right. Community is very interesting for people who have been kind of uh, outsider. Oh, here's the thing. With your gothiness, I feel like you weren't really outcast. Would you say that's like a fair a fair judgment? Um, Like, when? Uh, when, when you were younger. Did you, like, feel like a weirdo? Did you feel, like, unaccepted? Um, I think I found my people, but I told you I was bullied. That's right. Okay. See, that's the... The the worst part is the bullying start because I rejected a guy. Well, I don't know what you were expecting. But but (laughs) he then turned a lot of people against me because of it without knowing the reason. Okay. See, I was just curious because I was trying to think how it works with something being a more alternative lifestyle. That sounds way more than it actually is, but, uh... 
Yeah, just, just being different, being kind of like outcasty in your youth, and now finding community as an adult. And obviously, you had your your people. I I, I had some people, I guess. I just didn't. I don't know. I had the. I think it's just different for me in general because you know me. I have like two friends and then a thousand acquaintances, and that's always right. kind of been the case. But look at my friends; like they're all kind of a little weird. Yeah, true. But like that's that's who I found in high school. Yeah, but now it's it's fun being like you know connecting with people and being. Uh, that's why we were watching that Finn McKinty thing the other day when I forget what the exact topic was. Oh, he was just talking about why he shits on metalheads. Oh yeah, and he talked about them being real gatekeepy and just talking gatekeepy. About, <laughs> yeah, but just talked about one of the things, and I, I I guess guys have this, especially musicians or whatever, that like in high school you're like. I can't hang out with this person. We don't listen to the same music. And what a fucking stupid idea that is. Yeah. Well, I think the outcastness for you, like, I had, like, fringe interests. But I would say, like, overall, I am, like, uh, as a kid, I was better at socializing from what it sounds like you were. Yeah. I was I was socialated. Socialated. <laughs> I was socialized. Um <laughs> More around adults. With the exception of my cousins, I was not around other kids. Well, I mean, growing up, I'm talking about when I was like, like, you weren't around other kids in, like, preschool and stuff? Daycare? I didn't really... Oh, that's right. Your mom is, like, anti-daycare. Well, no, you know, you know what the problem was? Is I would have, like, people I would talk to at school, but I, I couldn't see them any other time for, like... So, like, I, when you're hanging out with people at school, you're, like, you're all sharing each other's companions. Particularly when you're, like, that little... Because what are you doing? You're sitting in class all day, and then you have lunch, and then you go run the fucking circle at recess, and then that's it. Well, I asked because, like, my only interaction with kids was in those circumstances. Like, I also was only around adults, and I didn't even have cousins my age. Hmm. So you actually sound like you were around more kids outside of school than I was. What? No, no, no. It wasn't outside of school. That was all in school. The, no, no, no. Cousin-wise. Cousin-wise, uh, cousin I didn't see them. I would see Frank and Ashley maybe, like, once a week, and then the other ones on holidays. But other than that, like, that, that was the real thing. I came, every day I'd come home from school, and it's like I was in prison. I, I, just, I had to go home, and I would I was not allowed to leave, and, well, that's like, and wasn't really anybody else That's to come the in. issue with your socialization, which your mom didn't let you do stuff. Yeah. It wasn't that you weren't around kids. It was that your mother then didn't let you interact with those kids in other circumstances. Yeah. Because I didn't uh, have default cousins to yeah. play with. Unless she was friends with their moms, and my mom made friends with the shittiest ladies of... The shittiest mothers of the shittiest kids. Oh, yeah, and you always told me that, like, she wanted you to be friends with, like, the lame people, and you were like, no, I don't want to hang out with this person. Even at, like, a young age, just like, bro, I am better than you. I could do better <laughs> than this. Where are any of those people? Do you know? Uh, the, the, the the one of them, I ended up, uh, the one of them, his girlfriend cheated on him with me when I was 19, and then he went to rehab for a few years, and did like so many rehabbies do in this area. I, they went to rehab in Florida and then never left. See, I like the, the like, subtle, like, oh, yeah, listen to this hookup. Oh. You're very proud of that stuff, I'm just saying. Is it not, in the grand scheme of a story, better, a better story that I was forced to be friends with this kid that I didn't like when I was six and then eventually banged his girlfriend a decade later? 
Not really. And then now he... Uh, coming from your wife, who's heard this story a thousand times. No, not really. To, wait, I ain't talking to you, honey. We mass communicate. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think just as effectively could have been... Uh, I mean, he went to rehab. <laughs> like, I asked what happened to him, not his ex-girlfriend. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, you're very, like, down on yourself about, like, your hookup situations, but, like, you've done more than you, like... That, well, that, that was a good era. I was, I, I was I was in shape. I was hooking up with girls I was attracted to. But that's also, like, you know, three. this comes to the outcast thing. Like, oh, yeah, you, you hooked up with people in your senior year of high school. What did you do before that? Uh, I, was, I was really fat. I fell in love with a girl who left me for a very skinny fucking waif of a boy. And then, and then I got a blowjob from my friend, and then she died. <laughs> like... But as we've discussed... That's it. Those are, those, are, those are my first three years of high school romance. As we've discussed, there were definitely, like, the more, like, um, provocative people in high school. But we discussed a lot of high schoolers were bullshitting to fit in. And most of them did not do half the shit they said but they like did. But like I said, I wasn't even about that. I wanted to... I, I mean, I had been... What was it? I had been with quite a few girls before I had a partner I had sex with numerous times. Like I would have, I would have been, I would have thrived and been so much better mentally if I had just had like one girlfriend in high school that I was with for like six months and had plenty of sex with. Instead, it was just, it was all blue balls and heartbreak and occasionally you got sex. But again, I think a lot of people got through high school without having sex and that's my point. Is that, like, your perception was always everyone was getting more than you. And it's like, well, because one of your friends, who is still with the same girl, was having sex. Oh, he was having... I was still a virgin, and he was having fucking threesomes with this chick that he's still with. That he's still with, exactly. And then I lost my virginity to a girl they had a threesome with, which was an ultimate, like, okay, well, this is tainted. What did I just say before? (laughs) Oh, well. I'm just proving, proving my point. Um... But yeah, so I realized today that it has been five years since I moved back from Portland. Ah, uh, this is the topic that was we were supposed to discuss before we got in a pseudo argument. Uh, um, better yeah. than our pseudo argument in front of our friends the other day. Oh, well. We're like on fumes right now. We are. We're just, so I feel like we're we like... We are two exhausted more, people. And you know what's funny? When we're talking to each other... It's like the audience is making us fuel, is fueling the fire. Yes. We're like, we don't do this when we're on our own. Um, that's that's right. I, I, have my, I have my list of grievances ready to go for each week. Wait, that's how me and Jim were. My mom, like we were. Stepdad Jim. Yes. When uh, we would go out, like be by ourselves. So when we were at home by ourselves, like we'd just each be in like the other room. Like we would barely interact. Not like in a bad way, just like doing our own thing. Like, we'd be fine. But then my mom would come home, and we'd, like, immediately start arguing. And, like, same thing when we'd go out to dinner. He'd, like, come and visit me. We'd go out. We'd have a great time. We'd get drunk, whatever. My mom would come join us on these dinners, and we'd somehow get into an argument. It was, like, all about the audience. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I realized that I came back. And plus, like... Well, tell us tell us how you ended up in Portland to begin with. Um... So, basically, before I'd even been there, like, a ton of people were out there and were like, oh, my God, you would love it out there, blah, blah, blah. So, I had, like, this whole idea that, like, oh, eventually I want to move to Portland because it sounds like a Perry city. So, fast forward, I'm dating my ex, and actually, we, were, we weren't we were even dating by the time that we, like, went on the trip together, but we were, like, still whatever. And um, 
he was like going out west for like a longer trip and he's like oh you should meet me in portland and i remember when he had said this it was like before we even started dating and i was like is this weird we're like going on a trip together as like friends so then by the time like we booked the trip though we're like okay we're dating now this is less weird then we had broken up by the time we went on the trip and got back together so we're like okay what is this so i go out to portland with him and well technically i meet him there and we spent like i don't know four days there and i like fucking fell in love with it and i was like i am moving here i came back to philly and i told my mom and she was like okay i think Like, my lease, this was, like, in April. My lease was up in, like, September. She's, like, I think it's, like, a little too quick to do this in the next few months. Why don't you look to do this, like, next year? But, like, super supportive, just, like, being logical. Like, Mm -hmm. save up money, um, you know, make an actual plan, maybe try to find a job, whatever. So then by the next year, I was, like, planning for it and then, like, ended up getting a job, like, three weeks before I was out there, which was great. Wasn't expecting that. And, yeah. Got got in the car with Kara and took a trip across and hmm. was out there for almost two years. So, yeah, that's how I ended up in Portland. It all started on, like, a hunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing, and I recommend this whenever someone is looking to move to a new city um, or state or whatever, um, make sure you, you can see yourself in this place just, like, living an average life. Because I think a lot of times people go places and they, like, fall in love with it and it's so cool and they're, like, running around doing a bunch of stuff and they're, like, yeah, I could totally see myself here. And then they get there and then, like, the mundaneness of life sets in and, like, they're no longer happy because they're, like, blinded by, like, all the fun things and new things. And that was the thing with Portland was, like, I fell in love, but I fell in love with, like, like the general aspects of Portland, not, like, with the activities I was doing when I was out there. Mm. And I think that's, like, super important to be, like, can you live a boring life somewhere? And a lot of places that, like, you may go to and love, like, visiting, like, you can't. And I think that's what screws people up. I don't know. What was San Francisco like for – well, you weren't there that long. Uh, but, like, what made you but move I, out I, there? But I intended to – well – Honestly, I had uh, I I had a little bit of like go west young man in me where like this place just felt like a dead zone. Um, I had uh, by this point done a few film scores and I'd done some music stuff. So really, it's just like it it must be better in California than it is out here because New Jersey always felt like a dead end. I didn't have enough of a foot in Philly to like. How long had you been in Philly by that point? Uh, I, I'd been hanging out here for like two years, but that was it. I just made friends and I spent a lot. I, I wasn't living out here. I was only, I lived at home and then I moved to San Francisco. Um, but yeah, I just, I want a little bit of adventure. I had a, a friend I went to high school with that him and his brother were originally from out there and had moved out there. I'd gone out there to visit and like you said, I just had a great fucking time. I, I, I mostly loved the vibe. The only problem was... Well, all right, so number one, obviously I am an East Coaster. On top of that, I am kind of opinionated. The number one thing I kept hearing... <laughs> no, the you. number one thing I kept hearing in, in San Francisco was like, why are you yelling? It's like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not yelling. I'm I'm opinionated. Yo, side note though, they're all passive-aggressive. Oh, yeah. No, well, what's the thing they say? Uh, East Coasters are, are, ki- are kind but not nice, and West Coasters are nice but not kind. Yes. And that is true. Yeah, like, I, I think the big thing they keep saying is, like, 
a, a, a West Coaster will see, like, you know, somebody struggling with their car and be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And But then, like, oh, I can't help you, I'm busy. Where an East Coaster <laughs> will be like, like, give me that... Give me that wrench before you fuck this whole thing up. Jesus Christ, ruining my whole day. All right, what do we got to do here? Did you move to San Francisco versus LA because you had friends there? Yes, I, uh, I, I, I'm somebody who needs a support group. I can't, I can't go out there solo. Yeah, that's the thing. I went out there knowing absolutely zero people. Mm. I was like, I'm about to fuck this up. Uh, in a good way. Well, see, part of it, so everybody talks about how just the rent in San Francisco is so fucking crazy. Yeah. The guys I was living with were in such a unique... So, pretty much, the, <laughs> their uncle had married a Chinese woman. and uh, The friend. The friend's the, uncle. The friend's uncle had married a Chinese woman. What had happened was her her family owned this apartment. And, you know, due to the gender politics of that, even though it was... Because she had married this guy... She, it, she did not inherit control of this apartment. Her husband did. Okay. So he was basically the landlord. And what had happened was an old woman had died in the apartment. And according according to tradition, it needed to be left open for a certain amount of time for, like, the spirits to settle or some nonsense. I don't know. So he has this piece of property that's just sitting on that he can't make any money on. But what's the one, you know, what's something that trumps respect for the dead in that culture? family Mm. so when he had nephews who wanted a place to stay like basically so basically they had a very nice san francisco apartment for twelve hundred dollars a month and then me moving in that split three ways everybody four hundred dollars a month for a great like we were at like uh fourth and clement which is like a great part of the city yeah it was what part what neighborhood is that i didn't know what name it was i just knew it was the haight ashbury was like a 20 minute walk but, uh, yeah, I couldn't find a job out there, even in, like, the limited time I was out there. But, yeah, so I went out, visited, had a good time, came back, and decided I want to go out there. I want to, you know, see what I can do, get involved in, like, a music scene or whatever, get involved in a film scene or whatever. So we drove cross-country. <coughs> and you a, took uh, the southern We way. took the southern I route. I took the northern route, which makes you sense. You take the high road and I'll take the low road and I'll... I'll get to the West Coast before you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had a great time. Me, Jimmy, Rita, and Jenny. Uh, saw the Hoover Dam. Saw the Grand Canyon. Saw the shittiest state in the Union, which is Oklahoma. Why is that the shittiest state? Because it was hot as fuck and all the residents there were mean and ugly and fat. <laughs> okay. And there you go. I asked the question. Yep. But, but I was out there, and honestly, I was getting a little homesick right away. And I remember even my dad being like, you know, stop posting sad shit on Facebook. Like, you never moved more than five feet away from your fucking mother, dude, all right? I'm allowed Wait, to be a little homesick. what were you posting on Facebook? Just that you missed. Yeah, just that, just that I missed home. And it was it was a little hard. I, I was having a lot of trouble finding a job. Like, I don't know what their setup is out there. I applied to a few, like, restaurants, diners, figured I'd be, like, a waiter or something like that because I had a lot of restaurant experience. And they were all asking me for, like, like, okay, what was the employer ID number? Like, this was under the table. Like, oh, do you have, I'm sorry, did you have, like, a criminal record and couldn't get hired? Like, no, just everything's under the table back there. What the, what the fuck are you talking about? Everything seemed much more above board out there, and I... And all my employment, gotcha, all yeah. my employment had been under the table. Yeah, taxes suck. Yeah, yeah. 
So I was still looking for work, and then I was out there three, four weeks, and then my fucking dad died and shattered my life, and so I came home. Funnily enough, uh, so I came up for my dad's funeral, went back to grab some shit, tie up some loose ends, and then moved back to uh, Philly permanently at that point. I had been back home for like three months, and a fucking restaurant calls me back like, hey, you still looking for work? And like, no. Yikes. No, I'm not out there anymore. How did that make you feel? What? Like getting a call that like, ask like asking if you need to work out there and like knowing you weren't out there anymore. Oh, I was fucking angry that like you're even gonna bother me with this bullshit for a. Because like, let's be honest, even at that point, like I'm a abo- I'm not above a waiter job, but I'm perfectly cromulent for a waiter job. So like cromulent. So the fact that like. You made me fucking dangle and tap dance for a shit job at your greaseball bat. Like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe your dad died because he saw you're a sad boy and needed to get moved home. Maybe. It, it, it get is, moved home. To move home. It is crazy to me. Just like, I'm going to move 3,000 miles away. See it. Like, oh, I am just not that fucking guy anymore. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of, I had a lot of that world beater mentality. And now I... I you know, the fragility of life and all that jazz. Yeah, so that so that's what drove me home. What what brought you home? Well, um, I so my mom and I always talk about this. Where like I had some like weird, like you you make fun of me for this. You make fun, yet I am the one. Um, but I had like a weird universal university kind of vibe going on. And, well, A, the famous thing was, like, Jim, when I was moving, like, the day I was leaving, I said to my mom, like, Jim didn't come with you. And she's like, no, he, like, wasn't, like, he, whatever, he didn't come. And I was like, what if I don't see him again? Mm. And my mom's like, that's weird. Like, the grandparents are older. Why are you more Uh concerned about him? And then, um, as the story goes, I plan to... uh, surprised my mom for her retirement party it was my first trip home and uh yeah he died the day before her retirement party like two days after I got home so that um happened and then everything just felt too easy when I got out there like I got a job before I even uh went there um which I was not expecting to do um I saw an apartment and it was like an open house it was, like, a really cool apartment, like, huge, like, well-priced um, in the neighborhood I wanted. Um, and I went, and there were, like, a ton of other people looking at it. And I was, like, left the apartment crying, like, there's no way I'm going to get it. There's no way I'm going to get it. I fucking got it. And I, like, texted – I, like, remember talking to my mom, and I was, like, this all just feels too easy and too perfect. Like, what's going to give? Mm-hmm. And then, like, a few months later, that's when, like, my cat got sick, and then I ended up having to put her down a few months later. That's when Jim got sick, and then he ended up dying. And then five months later, my grandmother got sick, and she died. And it was just, like, one thing on top of the other. <clears throat> and um, I loved my life out there. I loved my friends. I had, like, a real good support system considering I went out there knowing no one. And then obviously running into Paige and, like, and her deciding she was leaving and it was just like a a culmination of like a bunch of like really terrible things happening and I like stuck it out there for like a year after Jim died and then I was like 
Then I lost, like, my job and had the best time on unemployment, like, one of the best summers of my life. But then I realized, like, I didn't want to be in baking anymore and, like, I want to go back into writing and, like, trying to find that in Portland was really hard. And eventually I just had, like, a huge, like, anxiety breakdown and was, like, going through some difficult, like, personal stuff there separate from all the other shit that got thrown at me. And I was just like, I need to move home. Like, I'm not, like, mentally well here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, broke my lease and moved home. But uh, everyone was convinced, including my mom, including myself, like, I'm out there forever. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like the universe was doing a lot to be like, you need to come back. Right. Which, again, I know you make fun of me for it, but, like, it did feel like, there was something, like, more happening. And clearly, like, yeah. I came back and looked at my life. Like, I never thought five years from now, like, I'd have a house and a husband and a full-time 9 to 5 Monday through Friday job. Like, quote-unquote office job. Obviously, I work from home, but, like, that's even better. Like, in my field, sort of. And, like, a baby. Like, mm-hmm. I, like so much has happened five years. And I was actually talking to that about Adam, uh, about that to Adam of, like, because um, he was talking about moving. Like, he took the job he did, which he's not happy in because he wanted to move back east. And I was, like, speaking of moving back east, I realized, like, this is five years today. And, like, it's crazy how far, like, how much I've come, you know, how much I've done. And he's, like, oh, well, what do you, you know, what do you think? younger Perry would say because he knows you know I was a little wild Mm -hmm. and I was like honestly I think she would be pleasantly surprised because I wasn't like resistant towards this like more domestic life I just Mm -hmm. didn't like think it was going to happen for me so I just like kind of wrote it I remember very early in our relationship we like would you be open to kids and you were like I don't know and I just explained like this is something I want yeah no see for me like I think the kid thing would have surprised me a little bit more because I knew I wanted to find, like, a life partner. Uh But, like, I was pretty, like, against the having kids thing. Uh It wasn't like, oh, well, I want kids, but I'm, like, pushing pushing it off because I don't think it's going to happen. Kind of like I was with, like, marriage, for lack of a better word. Uh Um, You know, I didn't need to get married, but, like, permanent partnership was, like, something that I was interested in at some point. Mm-hmm. But, like, the kids thing, I think I would have been like, whoa, I'm yeah. having a kid in, like, five years. Yep. Actually, less than five years, because she's going to be a year soon. Yeah, and you were pregnant for a lot of that, too. So Very true. Yeah, it's, uh, God, it's, it's funny. Obviously, the timeline was a little longer for me to find all that when I got home. But, uh, man, it is still, I, I have no idea what my life would have looked like out there. Honestly, it's very likely that I would have just ran out of money and had to come home. Yeah. Because it's a, there was nobody who was going to be able to send me money. As a matter of fact, uh, shortly before my dad, one of the last conversations I had with my dad was, like, begging him to send me money. Because, like... Did he have money? He had he'd kicked me a little bit here and there. but uh, And I, I thought he might have gotten some... His mother had just died, so I... Mm. I thought he might have had something, and he was dogging me because my dad was very shitty with money like that. But, uh... So what happened with your grandmother's money? Because your dad died so soon after, right? Uh, I don't think they'd even had time to sort it out. I don't think she really had much money, Mm. honestly. She didn't have life insurance or anything? 
I, I guess at that age, yeah, she was it gets 80. questionable. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that worked out. Didn't even occur to me at the time. Because it's, it's like your grandparents. Like, when your grandparents die, you think, unless they specifically left me something, like, the parents are getting everything. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, I've always said I'm lucky I didn't take this literally, but I think psychologically this must have taken a hit on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. When my grandmother was dying... And again, she died, my grandmother died of lung cancer over a period of three years, and then six weeks after she died, my dad died very suddenly. So were you out in California when she died or no? No, I okay. left, I left like three weeks after she died. Okay. And that had already been the plan. But uh, in her dying days, I spent a lot of time with her, I was helping out with her, and she had told me, like, you better be here for your father, he's he's going to be a wreck when I go. He's going to, he'd also gotten divorced in the last few years and was not taking care of himself. She's like, you got to be here for your dad. You got to take it. And even then being like, you know, grandma, he's, I have my own life to live. I can't be taking care of him. And then what happened? I went and lived my life and he fucking died. Now, again, if I was like spooky Catholic mystic, I'd probably have a lot of guilt over that. But while I don't have guilt over that, it probably feeds into my anxiety more than I'm consciously aware of. Really? Of like... In what what ways? Of like... Uh, well, I mean, I you mean, said you're unaware, well, well, but... for, well, for one thing, I had fucking agoraphobia. I'm away from home and bad things happen. True. Uh, true. I, I don't think that, like, resonated with me as much. But it did, like I said, it, did, it felt more like the bigger thing of like, oh, I'm supposed to be home. Yeah, like, it felt like a fucking, like, mid-century Americana, like, you know, this is what happened because you left and everything would have been fine if you said, that's not the case. My dad would have, I've even discussed before, finding out since that, like, oh, my dad was, like, fucking around quite a bit. Like, if my dad had lived, it's more than Fucking around meaning, like, (coughs) not, like, literally fucking around. Not, like, literally, no. Like, when my dad died, all we knew was he had died from mixing alcohol with Oxycontin, uh, prescribed Oxycontin. What we did not know is he'd been abusing Oxycontin for a matter of months at that point. When did you find that out, or how? I found that out in the last fucking year. Oh. Where people were just giving me a little more information and just, like, how bad he was doing that. And I think some of that is, like, some of his friends telling my mom, like, now that enough time had passed. It's yeah. been like, oh, I very easily, instead of my dad dying, he could have, you know, become a fucking heroin addict, like so many people did around that time. I mean, time. that's kind of like Kenny. That's what happened to my stepdad, You yeah. didn't know how bad he... Yeah, like my stepdad died, and, you know, he had all these complications, and then come to find out he was, you know, let's just say doing some really, you know, because he's my stepdad. Unsavory things. I don't feel as free to speak about it, but, yeah. like, yeah. Not... That shit a fucking 59-year-old should be doing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I have no idea what my life would have looked like around, had I stayed out there, but I'm very, I'm incredibly glad with the life I have. Um, I mean, let's be real, like, there maybe is another universe where, like, I'm in Portland and you're in San Francisco and, like, things did work out there and we never meet. But in this one, this was what was meant to happen. Yeah, I was so convinced I, I was meant to be a professional musician and be traveling all the time. And now I don't like traveling at all. <laughs> no, you do not. Which, I, I mean, that it, that could have happened anyway. I'm a big fan of the Canadian band Protest the Hero. And just like in the last two years, their main songwriter has been like, look, 
I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna keep writing and recording for the group. I I can't fucking tour anymore. I just can't do how, it. How like I just don't get how you have any sort of like real like like functional normal life like that. If that's what you desire. Uh, it, it, it becomes what you're used to. And really, just a part of it is, and even though I should have known, I didn't have this in me at any point, part of it is just like, okay, I'm just not going to see my children for half of the year. Yeah. Like, that's the fucking life professional wrestlers have, and uh, musicians, and even fucking athletes have it better than that. Because even if, like, if, you're, if your dad's, like, a hockey player, he's, like, gone half the week, maybe. Right, well, and then there's the off-season. Exactly. Where you know you're not going to be traveling at all. Yeah, but like bands, and particularly if you're like a popular band doing world tours and shit like that. Although the other side, I just read this the other day. Uh, you know how like Slayer retired a few years ago? Okay. They retired because the singer just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. But the guitarist has been giving interviews just like, I'm losing my fucking mind. And he said part of it is just like, I have friends all over the fucking world that like I never missed because I knew I would just see them next time. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to see my friends in Brazil ever. I might never see them again now. I feel like on the opposite front, though, where you're like, oh, people who are, like, world famous and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they go on tours, but, like, they can choose how often they do that, and they're, like, way less often. I feel like it's, like, the mid-bands that are, like, hustling through these tours. Uh, Well, that's just the other thing is you're not making enough money right now. Right. But that's the way these guys cope is basically if they do it long enough, they develop, like, a home culture in every major city they fucking go to. They right. have their friends they see that put them up and the, the stuff they do. Uh, WWE and, like, the wrestlers, they're, they're a little different because they're their own, like, again, wrestling developed in the carnival, and it's still very much the moving carnival in that now, like, now that there's female wrestlers, they're all dating each other and married, and it literally is, like, Hitch up the wagons and let's go on to the next show together. Well, that's my point, though, is, like, so, like it's home. harder to, like, be home ever when you're, like, a mid-level band. Yeah. Trying to hustle. That's right. what I mean. Even if you have places to stay and stuff like that. And, like, my point isn't even about the money. It's, like, if you're world famous, you can fucking wait as long as you want to tour <coughs> again. Right. Because you know people will always be willing to see you. You have other sources of income. Oh, well, that's the other thing a lot of the mid-level bands have is, like, if we take two years off, like, people might not want us when we come back. We might... Right. Our, our popularity might dip. We exactly. Might be, I mean, if you move to, like, you're doing... If you were doing, like, uh, Franklin Music Hall before, and now you're doing, like... The side room, and if you're doing Voltage Lounge, like, you're all making way less money. Right. And guess what? It's not like loading up a bunch of equipment and paying for gas has gotten cheaper in the fucking interim. Well, and obviously it's a little different. Like, T-Swift is crazy, like, in terms of, like, fame. And also, like, the pandemic with, like, two years. I don't know. Maybe she would have toured sooner. But it's, like, the same thing where it's, like, she's not hurting, but, like, she hasn't toured in, like, five years. And everyone's, like, clamoring to see her. But she, like, pretty much gets to dictate the life that she, like, wants to lead because she doesn't – she doesn't ever need to tour. No. She could, like – Fly under the flag, retire, and not announce it. And people will just be waiting, waiting, waiting for that tour. Like, they will never not wait for that. And, like, that is one of the benefits of being, like, more famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they can dictate it more. I mean, the the way she's doing it is also, for a touring act, is probably great. Where it's literally, she's going to a city, hanging out for, like, five days, going home for a week, and then going somewhere else. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, like, you do it for, like, I don't know. You can pick how quickly you want to, that tour to be over mm-hmm. based on if you do, like, multiple shows in in one city or if you do one show in one city. Like, how often, like, you could take, like, three-day breaks. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, like, plus they have the benefit of having, like, private jets where, like, they can fly home in between shows if they want. Yeah, this still, the, it, it's uh, still damage to families. The, I, think, I think it was Metallica who said they did a two-year tour for the Black Album, and by the end of it, three-fourths of them were all divorced. I'm not even saying it's not damage. I'm just saying, like, you do have the ability to be home more. Right. I mean, there's also other damage that comes with that kind of fame anyway, mm-hmm. of, like, hey, I can't leave the house without being hounded. Uh-huh. Right? And that's, like, the whole thing they would say about Bowie is, like, he had the benefit of being able to walk down the street and no one would realize he was, it was Bowie. He just, right. like, looked like a dude. Yeah, he could dress down. Um, I heard that with John Lennon, too. And that's why I think a lot of celebrities do end up moving to New York is it's, like, a lot easier to just, like, blend, blend in. in. Also, like, you look like an asshole if you're going to hound someone in New York. Right, yeah. Other people will give you shit for that. Yeah. I remember there was actually a thing where, like, Eminem was, like, too famous to go out, so he started wearing, again, back to wrestling, he would wear a Rey Mysterio mask, like a Mexican lucha mask mm-hmm. out in public. Which, it, it's funny because then everybody looks at you, but, like, nobody knows who you are. Very true. So, that works. Even though, like, you could tell his eyes, like, right through the mask. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure people are being, like, stalked and followed in New York, but it's, like, a lot less okay to do that. Right. Also, like, it is crowded. You can just, like, blend in and right. whatever. It, it definitely helps to be in a place where, like, the most, like, was that fucking John Lennon? And he's already down the street. I had that with Steve Buscemi in New York. Mm. I saw him walk down a, a subway to a subway station. I called my mom. I'm like, I just saw Steve Buscemi. But, well, even Bowie, remember I, I like, recently showed you that video that his daughter posted of uh. him and her playing piano Mm -hmm. and you were like who's that and i'm like it's fucking bowie like even like just like chilling there like in pictures sometimes you're like whoa that's him and he's a very recognizable person it's not like oh he doesn't have all his makeup on and his crazy clothes and whatever no he's just like really good at blending in and looking like a normal guy um which i guess a lot of people don't have that ability i don't know Everyone knew what John Lennon looked like, but he was still able to blend into a crowd, too. Yeah. But I feel like it's easier for men to do that than women, too, in a weird way. Mm. I don't know why. But you only hear about, like, women, like, oh, you never recognized Taylor Swift walking down the streets of New York. Like, no, you totally fucking would in a heartbeat. Yeah, true. (coughs) I don't know. I guess, well, I I think part of that is probably just people look at women more in general anyway. Mm-hmm. True, and also, like, the whole, oh, look, they're not wearing their makeup thing. Yeah. Like, you can't just walk out in jeans. Like, Taylor Swift can't just walk out in, like, a sweatsh- or a sweatpants and a t-shirt without getting, like, shit. Uh-huh. Well, it, part of that is also when it comes to, like, paparazzi. Like, they they have been staked out outside of wherever the fuck they're staying. Well, now everyone's a paparazzi, too, right? Like, anyone that's can capture... So dumb. Any, I mean, that's the whole thing... I used to want to go into photojournalism when um, I was looking at college, and I didn't because it's like they were telling you, yeah, like everyone's a photojournalist now. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a professional photographer to take those types of pictures anymore. Right. Anyone can do it. Right. So, and actually, it's more often better if you are like, you do just happen to capture it. Uh-huh. Right? You're you're more likely, if you just are happenstance there, you're more likely to get that first photo than mm-hmm. someone who has to, like, hear about it, come to the place. 
Right. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's, like, the problem with celebrity now anyway. It's, like, you don't get that ability to just exist. I, I think the one thing that the major tabloids have done in the last 10 years is the fact that they will now blur out celebrities' kids' faces. That's, yeah. Do you think that's come at, like, the behest of, like, celebrities being, like, don't show my kids? I, I, I know a few people definitely had that. Well, you know what happened? A, a lot of uh, the celebrities started using this to their advantage as far... I think they developed a better relationship with the tabloids when uh, they realized... they. I, I, I don't have any examples, but I know a few of them have been like, hey, I'm getting married. I don't want fucking tabloids there. Let me come to you exclusively. So, mm-hmm. like, you guys are there, but you're not a pain in the ass. And, right. no, and nobody else can come there because we have a deal. Right. And as they developed that relationship more and more, it also became, like, don't don't show our fucking kids. I know Brittany had that with, like, tabloids during, like, her, like, bald hair. Like... It is fucking wild looking back at how they treat. Did we Did talk she about treated this? her? Did we talk about this on a different podcast? No. Actually, you know, I think I talked about this with Joey on the TRL episode. Mm. Just, like... The fact that you can look up footage that, like, recently dead Barbara Walters in, like, 1999 interviewing, like, 18-year-old Britney Spears. And oh, Barbara yeah. Walters being uh, like, you're a virgin, right? Yeah. You still have your hymen? Like, the fact that anybody <laughs> that anybody was fucking comfortable with that. that oh, th- yeah. This fucking 18-year-old girl had to be in public like, no, I'm dating the most famous man on the planet and I'm not fucking him. Yeah. Because I believe in waiting till marriage. Yeah, that is, like, a super weird thing that, like, yeah, she, like, no wonder she, like, you know, went off the edge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And she didn't even have the space to go off the edge and, and just, like, be in it. And just looking back and just how much, like, we were all lying to ourselves of, like, this is a child being very, very sexualized. And even, like, in the Baby One More Time video where she has, like, the top knot thing. And then she had to go on every interview and lie and be like, that was my idea. We were just supposed to wear whatever and, like, let's gussy this uh, up a little oh, bit. Oh, like the schoolgirl. Yeah, exactly. One. Like, you hadn't been fucking, you knew exactly. And then she's on fucking uh, the Rolling Stone cover, like, in a bed in her pajamas with a phone holding a tinky winky doll. Like, yeah, look at this child. You want to fuck America. Well, and thankfully, I can say all this without any judgment because I, myself, was a child. Yes. That was the funny thing was when, like, I knew people who were counting down to, like, Mary-Kate and Ashley, like, getting, being legal, which is a whole other thing. And I'm yeah. like, you know that means they're illegal for you, right? Exactly. Um, they were so traumatized, they fused into one person and became Elizabeth. Yo, Elizabeth. I don't blame them for, like, getting a little weird and, like, going off, you know... Marrying, like marrying getting billionaires. Well, also getting like com- going completely under the radar. Killing Heath Ledger. Um, didn't they kill Heath Ledger? They just called. Didn't he call them? Someone called them. He he died. Someone called Mary Kate. No, no, he died in one of the Olsons' apartments. He was just crashing mm. there. But I know someone called Mary Kate. It was definitely Mary Kate. Right. This isn't any. I, I'm I'm joking. This isn't any conspiracy thing. <laughs> Um, the fact that the Olsen twins look like spooky witches now is completely oh, coincidental. Yeah. Well, Britney Spears, like, she has that song, Piece of Me, where, like, it's like, oh, you know, I'm too fat, then I'm too thin, and it's like, I'm too, like, pure, and then, like, I'm prude, or then I'm too slutty. It's like, you can't, <laughs> uh-huh. it's always something. Uh, Britney tried to tell us very early in her career, she's so lucky. 
She's a star, but she cries, and cries in a lonely heart, thinking, if there's nothing missing in my life, then why yeah, I'm not going do that high. these tears come at night? She had a message, and we didn't listen. We didn't. Um, That was a sad song. And looking back now, that's like, oh, that's exactly what she was going through at the time. Yeah. No, it's really horrible the way, I mean, even Lindsay, Lindsay Lowen, yeah. like, you look at all those people and you're like, yeah, no wonder they're, like, fucked up now. Did you, oh, I might have to show you, did you ever see uh, the South Park episode, Britney's New Look? No. We need to watch it. All right. Yeah, because it, it talks about that. It basically, it, it makes the way we build up and drag down these pop stars and makes it a very purposeful, ritualistic thing oh, that we're doing. notice all the people we're talking about. Fucking women. Yeah. Because they don't, I mean, not that, like, men don't also have issues, but, well, like, it, it's it, just, it, there isn't the same, like, sexualized aspect to men when they're younger. No. Also, here's the thing. there There is the building up and tearing down of male stars. I think the difference is they like, uh, that's built into the men having a comeback. They like mm, men having comebacks. A lot of the women don't get comebacks. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Like um, fucking Rob Lowe. Or I was thinking, what's his face? Um, Mickey G- Rook? No. Jesus Christ. G. Gordon Levy? Jesus Christ came back. Joseph like, Gordon Levy didn't, Lev- didn't really have a... <laughs> wait, did I just say... I said, I said G. Gordon Liddy as a joke. <laughs> I thought he said Joseph Gordon Levy. No. Uh, I was like, I don't think he really, like, fell. I mean, like, fell from grace. Like, he definitely yeah, no, got he, less popular. Well, he, he was like no. a child star. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. That's who I was thinking of. Yes. Who, like... To think in, like, 2000, he was unemployable. Yeah. Yeah, but then you have Corey Haim, or Corey, Fe- well, Corey Haim, R.I.P., but Corey Feldman. Corey was- Feldman's a superstar. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, the other day, that was so funny you when I was like. You got nothing to lose, so baby, baby, just go for it, let's go for I'm it. I'm like, so it's like this terrible song. We mentioned it on the podcast with Kara, with uh, Corey Feldman's terrible song, and the other day, I had walked up to Jesse, and I had it in my head, but I couldn't remember what it was. I was like, what's that song that's like, go for it, go and he's like the Corey Feldman song and I'm like fuck are you fucking kidding me right now that's just popping into my brain for no reason we Houston we got a problem so so yeah that turned into like a weird celebrity yeah chat I don't think either of us anticipated talking about this no um we covered a lot on this podcast though yeah managed our first podcast tiff too yes it was bound to happen the people need to know they need, <laughs> they need to see it they need to know we're not all sunshine and rainbows the only edits we do in this podcast is when we mention our daughter's name yeah we're not we're not per we are perfect yeah we're imperfectly perfect. Compare your lives to ours and kill you. Yeah, seriously, because we are the best couple ever. Hell yeah. Love you, baby girl. Love you, too. <laughs> See ya. Bye.